All right, we are live. Welcome, everybody, to another episode. We're trying something new here tonight. Got some new software going. I'm coming at you live from somewhere in Iowa, Newton, Iowa. Um, I don't have a microphone. I don't have earbuds. I feel lost um, trying to figure this out. So uh, you can comment. We're live on Facebook. We're live on our YouTube channel. Um, so make sure you like, subscribe, click the bell. Um, and all right, so we're live. So we are going to talk about firing customers. We've talked a lot about, you know, building relationships, the important of have the importance of having an attitude of service. Um, and, you know, the strength of your relationships will determine the success of your business. And, um, you know, we've had a few instances where we have maybe had to let a customer go. So uh, we're going to talk about that. And, you know, how do you make that decision to let a customer go? So, Larry, go ahead. Well, we, like you mentioned, we're always talking about building relationships. And, um, and that obviously is very important to the success of any business, particularly here at, at Landstar, because, uh, you know, as we've talked about many, many times, um, depending on the load board is, is not a, the best way to, um, to do business here, but it's necessary when you don't have um, the relationships established. And so, you know, it, you would think that, well, and you've always heard that, that saying that the customer is always right, you know, um, but I've been doing, I've been in business a long time and I've had hundreds, if not thousands of customers over my period of time. And <clears throat> sometimes it just gets to the point where you're just not a good fit. It, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a personal relationship, certainly an employee employer relationship. Um, sometimes it's just not in the cards. You know, everybody's done everything they can to do, you know, what certainly they think is right. Employer relationship. <clears throat> and, um, Sometimes it's just not. And we've, on occasion, you find out that a customer is just not going to, um, it's just not going to work out. Uh, a lot of times it's because, you know, you've done something wrong or, or, or you made a mistake and they are holding it against you. Um Many times, especially with long-term relationships, sometimes people just take the other party for granted. And um, that one is, is, uh, is, is very problematic. You know, um, I know that with even in my personal situation, you know, once in a while I have to go back. I've been doing business with the same insurance agent for probably the better part of 45 years. And... Every once in a while, I'll see advertisements and stuff about auto insurance or home insurance or whatever. And I'm like, hmm, that seems to be a lot less than what I'm paying. And so I have to call up my guy and go, 
hey, why am I paying this if you're advertising on TV for this? And he even admitted to me one time, he said, you know, it's guys like you that allow us to make be able to do that. And I'm like, well, I got news for you. This guy not going to keep doing that. So you either redo the deal or I'm history. And so, you know, you, you just can't assume that just because you've got a great relationship that it, it's, it's still in the both the best interests of both people. And bringing this back to home here, as far as what we're doing here at uh, Landstar and, and at Blue Ribbon is that, you know, and, and and I mean, let me revert back to another conversation I know we've had, you know, especially during the pandemic and during the cycles in 09 and 14, you know, I, I always talked about the, you know, the benefit of dedicated freight and of regular customers and working with the same one, being loyal to them during times when you could find better freight and then, but them still being there for you when the times turn the other way. And we're seeing that a lot right now. Um, you know, um, the uh, market right now is, is about as good as it's ever been. It, it's close to being 2018 um, climate. And, and so a lot of people are abandoning their regular freight and jumping on, you know, the roller coaster bubble right now. And we hesitate to do that. We've talked about that. We, we try to be very loyal to the people that, that we can depend on. But once in a while, that just doesn't work. And um, we've had a situation here lately where I think the problem is, is just that the presumption is, well, it's so-and-so. And I know that they'll be okay with this, you know. And Chris, I know you want to tell the personal thing about this, but you know, it it when 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 one party doesn't communicate with the other, um, when you know it it's it, when it's all give and no take, um, when you just don't feel like you're being treated properly, and after giving them one, two, three, four, five, six, you know times to make it right and they just don't um you know it, it's just in your best interest just to move on now it doesn't have to be done in an ugly way it can still be done professionally it can even be made to 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 make it feel like it's your that it's your fault um because i still believe that even firing a customer you still don't ever want to burn a bridge by being unprofessional or being being emotional or personal because you never know that you might have to cross that bridge again sometime and how you left it will be the condition it is when you get ready to step on it again. So Chris, I know you want to tell the story about this. I'm going to revert back to you and let you talk about it, but that's my feelings about the thing. And, you know, it, 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 we always say, you know, uh, build a relationship, but, but, you know, you, you, you still, at, at the end of the day, you still have to do what's right. And, um, for, for both parties, you know, we're, we're very, very big on win-win here. You know, I don't, don't think any relationship can sustain itself, you know, very long if it's not win-win. And we've certainly given it our best effort. I mean, you certainly have, you've done it for years 
And but there comes a time when you can only take so much abuse, you know, an abusive relationship domestically. Nobody would expect that to that, you know, you to put up with that or would you want to? Yeah, and it's really not any different in business. An abusive relationship, even though it's not physical, abuse takes it, you know, it has different, you know, presentations. And so anyway, I'm going to let you talk about it and then we'll we'll discuss it. You know, I have had a relationship for six years, you know, and my my son just turned six Thursday. So, you know, his entire life I have been working for this customer. And um, things got. Things started getting difficult about two months ago. And. I rolled with the punches for a little while. I was, uh, you know, I was accommodating and because I understand that, you know, everybody's dealing with difficulties right now, um, you know, and I wanted to be understanding of that and I wanted to be loyal. And, uh, man, I really bent over backwards and rearranged my life, you know, sometimes because they were, you know, three or four or five days behind on production. Right now they're somewhere between a month and six weeks behind. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, I thought, you know what, I, the market is so good right now. I'm, I might, I might just step away, you know? And, um, so our agent called me last week and she said, Hey, we got one going to be ready on Tuesday, supposed to be ready on Tuesday. Um, will you do it if they're willing to pay the layover? Uh, if it's ready on Wednesday and I'm like, yeah, you know, they've increased the rate, which is nice, you know, in this environment. And, uh, they were willing to pay layover if I was going to have to sit a day waiting on it. And I said, okay, I'll do that. So I set myself up to land, uh, within, a, the driving distance that I needed to be from my deadhead. And, um, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm working two plans in my head, right? Cause I've got, my daughter is playing at a, a she's got to play fiddle at a wedding and I'm supposed to back her up. So I got plans at home and, um, and I'm like, okay, well, if this load's ready on Wednesday, I can do the deliveries Thursday and Friday. I get home Saturday morning. We go to the wedding. Everything's good. So Tuesday morning, I check in with the agent hey where are we at and i get well they just called and said it's not going to be ready until sunday and i'm like you can't be serious you know that that we're 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 on the day of the pickup the supposed pickup and i'm just now finding out that things not going to be ready for five or six more days and i'm like well i obviously number one i'm not waiting from tuesday to sunday uh, you're dumping me out in the market on the day that I need a load. So I went ahead, I jumped on the board. I couldn't find anything. She said, well, we got one in Nebraska and one in Nevada. And I'm like, yeah, there's two places I don't want to be. Um, so I started running the numbers. I started looking at it and I'm like, you know, I've got to make money. I've got to pay the bills. I've got to feed the family. You know, so 
um, you know, Saturday when my daughter's playing in the wedding, I'm going to be driving back from Grand Forks, uh, not Grand Forks. That's North Dakota. Where the hell am I? Grand Isle. Thank you. Grand Isle in Nebraska. <laughs> you know, and here's the thing. I mean, I'm going to make a whole lot more money this week, which is great. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to miss this important event. Um, that I really wanted to wanted to do. Um, but I'm getting to the point with this relationship that while I understand y'all got issues, we all do. Everybody's had to deal with this pandemic and, and everything that has come with it. But y'all communication is necessary. It is, it's absolutely essential. And you can't convince me that you don't know until the day of, you know, and, and we've got another customer that we had a, a, we had a good relationship going with and, you know, they, we find out what was on the, the, on the plant closing. Was that the day of, or two, a day before we find out, oh, well the, the plant shut down. Really? Yeah. That's, well, yeah. Well, we, we normally get, a call from them. We, we normally get an email from them over the weekend about the loads coming up for the following week. Now, this is a different example than what Chris is talking about. This is a couple of other our drivers that are doing regular dedicated freight for an agent. And so I noticed that we didn't get the email. And I thought, well, you know, maybe they're just running behind. So Monday morning, I still don't have it. I call. And this is for a load that's Tuesday the next day. And, um, of course we're, we've got return racks and we're getting our reset in, getting ready for the week. And, and the agent said, well, the plant shut down till it was like two weeks, maybe, maybe longer than that, three weeks. And I'm like, so did I miss something here? I mean, did, did, I'm sure that I got an email, right? Well, hesitation no i said what well, how i mean how would we find this out i mean did, did you know is this did, this just last minute no no we, we've known about it for a little while and i said well i finally I, obviously they weren't following my subtle leads here and i finally said just well just look how were we supposed to find this out you know and here's the answer and i quote i swear to god i'm quoting to you well we told all the drivers who called in and I'm like, I'm going to throat punch you through this phone. If you think that that's it's acceptable way of doing business. So you just wait until drivers just because after they don't hear from you or for whatever reason, they just, I mean, how often do drivers just call in? You know, we, we don't normally call in. Everything's done via email. So that was, I, you know, I, I kind of left it up to the drivers because uh, I was pissed and I, you know, I was in my mind, I'm like, well, this is not going to fly, you know? And I said, but I gave the drivers, I said, look, here's what's happened. You guys tell me what you want to do. And both of them said, you know what? Screw them. We didn't really like doing it anyway. So now these two drivers that were doing dedicated freight for $6,300 gross revenue are now out here doing Nine and ten, eleven thousand dollars worth of worth of revenue, you know. 
So, um, you know, uh, we, we, we left on good terms. Um, we didn't, weren't, weren't emotional. I just called the guy back and I said, you know, here's the thing. Uh, the drivers are a little upset that you didn't give them notice. And they're thinking that maybe you don't appreciate them, you know, and maybe they think they think that maybe they want to go somewhere else where they're more appreciated. And, and the guy couldn't talk. He's like, really? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, really? You know, when you when you screw people over, they don't always want to come back and bend over and get it again. You know, and I said, uh, both these are really, really nice people. Probably wouldn't have said anything except through me. But I'm telling you right now, you know, these these are these are very, very loyal, dedicated people. Well, and, and the key there, the, the, the key point that you made, we're in an environment where you're paying, what, sixty five hundred a week. And a driver can go out and make ten thousand. Right. You know, it, it's. It would be one thing and it was one thing back in the pandemic, this contract freight. You know, when we're scrambling around everything we can to get a load and you can lock in, you know, $6,500 or $7,000 worth of freight on a dedicated contract that can't be screwed around with, well, that's really handy. Well, when you're in an environment when you can walk out the front door and trip over $9,000 worth of freight without even trying that hard, and then you're just whimsically, oh, well, yeah, we're not going to tell you that the thing's going to shut down for two weeks so you can make alternate plans or get your truck worked on or go on vacation. Hey, wouldn't it be nice to know right. we could plan a vacation around the place? But no, we're not going to tell you about that. We'll just wait for you to be to call in and be pissed off that we didn't bother to tell you. Well, it's arrogant and it's, um, you know, it's a little condescending on their, on their part, you know, and it's just, you know, it, it, they could have maybe gotten away with that in March and April in may oh yeah but that's not going to happen that's not going to fly you know now uh especially right now you could stumble over ten thousand dollars with a freight not even try you know and so um you know we, we you know me i i'm a big dedicated guy you know i i love i love dedicated freight but even i you know i just said look this you know we, we just can't do it you know and and this has happened you know we've even back when I was driving, you remember we were doing the the, the loads down to Texas and back, and we had a, 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 an agent down there. You know, we we just couldn't rely on him. You know, we would all, our load down was was gold, but our our backhaul was. You know, we have we have an agent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it comes around till the day, the hour that you're supposed to pick it up. We still don't have a freight bill. You know, and we did that, and of course it was we didn't have a lot of options then. That was the best paying freight we could get back out of Texas. And get back up to Ohio. So we didn't really have a lot. So we hung with the guy just because he had this good load. But even with that, after a while, we just said, look, we can't, you know, we just can't do this anymore, you know. So I guess the moral of the story here is that, you know, the customer isn't always right. You have to do what's best for you. But here's the thing, you know, again, Terminating a relationship is a decision that you have to make, but to do it professionally, you still have to do what you say. You know, you have to finish the job. You don't, you don't leave in the middle of, a, of the job. You don't take somebody's freight and leave it on the side of the road somewhere. You know, you fulfill your obligation. You know, you frame your, your um, complaints 
and your decision in a professional way. Um, and then, and many times we've actually given them an option. You know, we've, we've actually provided them with other trucks or other options that would, that will come in and do what we told them we weren't going to do. So, I mean, it, it can be done in a way where you do what's best for you, but you don't do it in a way that still bring, makes you unprofessional. You know, people talk, especially nowadays, you know, and even though it might not be the best fit, fit for you, it's still better and mature if you don't do this emotionally and, you know, start throwing things and naming names and calling each other, you know, words that you wouldn't use on Sunday. And it's just, uh, it, it's, 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 a, it's a business decision. It's not an emotional decision. And that I think is the key here is that, you know, you have to be professional and do what is best for you. And at the same time, you don't, you know, we still do the, the load that Chris is talking about the, the, the customer, we still are doing the agent is still our best agent. So it's not like it was their fault, you know? And, and so we've maintained the professionalism even throughout this. So it doesn't spill over and hurt us in other areas. And uh, and that's what I think the message here is, is that it's okay to fire a customer, but do it in a way that doesn't, you know, harm you. You know, there's, there's not residual uh, collateral damage because of you, the way you handled it, I guess is my message here. So, Well, and we've talked a lot about making yourself valuable in the general market, making yourself valuable to specific customers. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, even with, even with this customer, I can probably get away with stuff that other people can't because of the length of my relationship. I could probably market making yourself valuable to specific customers why in the world is that and repeating me you did it to me a while ago oh wow that's creepy set <laughs> growing pains um so you know you can make yourself as valuable as possible which means um you stand out you um, but maybe that's not enough sometimes, you know, I mean, they, they've got a lot of loads out of there. They got a lot of people working with them. Um, you know, me, me getting in trouble with that mask Nazi that day, probably, you know, um, they've got an HR manager that likes to run around, make sure everybody's got their face microphone on. And I basically told her to have a Coke and a smile and, I got a note from the agent. It was like, you should be more patient. <laughs> uh, Surely not you. Not, yeah. not Well, see, matter of fact, now that, see, that's when all this started. I mean, and, and look, I'm going to go ahead. You know what? I'm going to do it. <laughs> I knew you couldn't resist. Okay. So <laughs> the first time there was a sign of trouble was probably six or eight weeks ago. I show up like normal. And the yard guy comes along and goes, well, what are you doing here? I'm like, what do you mean what am I doing? I'm here every Tuesday. Man, that thing's not going to be ready till Thursday. They were supposed to call you. And I'm like, really? 
And they said, well, we might have it done tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, I can work with that. So I spent the night on my dime. I didn't ask for any special compensation, layover, detention, none of that. I just said, okay, that's fine. Um, we all have hiccups. So I spent the night and I went in there next morning and I'm, and I'm, I walk in the warehouse, I walk in the trailer and I'm checking the load to see the progress. And I hear this voice behind me and this lady I've never seen before. She's like, can I help you? And I'm like, not unless you can load this trailer. She's like, well, you need to have a mask on. And I'm like, no, I don't wear masks. Well, then you need to leave. So I said some stuff and so I, I went out. No, not you. I mean, they're either having a production problem because they don't have enough personnel or they're not getting their suppliers in. But I can tell you, based on my dealings with her, I wouldn't work in that place. You know what I mean? So, I mean, we're creating, we're, we're compounding problems in this society right now. Um, you know, with, with all of the other problems we're having to deal with, we're making it worse uh, with, with a lot of this nonsense we're making people deal with. So anyway. Well, let me, let me take this a little bit of a different way, but one that we take often. And that is that this is a problem. This happens sometimes. Actually, it happens a lot of times in trucking. But even though this happened, we didn't take the victim mentality. We didn't sit around and go, oh, my God, we're, they screwed us around. I'm going to Facebook and I'm going to tell everybody, don't go to this location. They, they, they screwed me over and I'm, I'm going, I can't get home, see my daughters. Go to, you know, we didn't do that. You know what we did? You know what we did? Chris makes two phone calls, two phone calls on the same day. And he booked $10,079 worth of freight to take the place of that load that was going to sit him there till Sunday had he waited on it. Yeah. That's what a problem solver does. That's not what a victim does. A victim whines and moans and gets on Facebook and tells everybody how, how screwed over they were. A problem solver solves the problem and moves on, you know? Well, and, and here's another thing. When you have a direct relationship, you have a higher expectation, right? If I'm dealing with third party logistics, I have a different set of expectations. Okay. So let me tell this one from last week. One of our, one of our drivers broke down. He was going to be taking a week off in five days anyway. So I saw an opportunity. Not a week off. He was taking his paid vacation. Well, right. For right. being here for a week, a year. Right. So you taking his vacation. So I saw an opportunity that I could put him in my truck, uh, which something I'm, I'm probably not going to do again because I'm getting way too old for this crap. <laughs> but we, we took a load down to Houston and I had it all worked out. The, the, yeah, the, you did. 
this truck that I'm driving. Now, <laughs> if you'll remember in, in probably the last episode, we talked about how we had a shop that didn't do a very good job of giving us all the details that we needed to know. And I, and we talked about the air conditioner. And so I knew that there were two lines in a dryer that needed replaced and I had got the parts and they were up here above the driver's seat. And I thought, okay, well, I had been driving around. It had been 50 and 60 degrees. I didn't need an air conditioner, so I didn't prioritize it. Well, we're getting ready to jump in the truck and go to Houston where it's going to be 90 degrees. So on Sunday morning, I thought, man, I'm a genius. I'm going to have my guy at the TA throw this air conditioner line on, so we got AC. Well, of course, uh, there was another line leaking that they didn't tell us about. So now we've got uh, – we've got to be in Houston in like 19 hours. So we take off the closer we got to Houston, the, the more humid it got. Uh, I slept about an hour on the way down there. So I wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and left in Texas and I've had all I can handle. And I find a 24 hour freight liner and I call them. I'm like, y'all got these parts. They, yep. I, I'm on my way. So we get to Houston we had five deliveries to make before we did the first one. I hit that freight liner. I bought those lines. We went to the Love's parking lot. I popped the hood. We fixed the air conditioner. <clears throat> the original load that was booked out of Texas back to Ohio was booked as a two-day run, 1,200 or 1,300 miles, two days. So it was originally going to be a solo run. So I called the customer, the receiver. This was a third-party C.H. Robinson load. I called the receiver. Hey. We got a team on this on this run. Can we deliver it Wednesday morning? She says, you want 10 o'clock or noon? I said, we can do 10 o'clock. She says, done. I'm like, rock and roll. So Tuesday morning, we pick up the load. We haul ass for Ohio. We're tracking about 10 minutes late. So I call this receiver. Same girl answered the phone. I identify myself. I said, hey, just want to let you know we're about 10 minutes behind. She goes, well, you need to call C.H. Robinson because they moved your appointment till tomorrow. <laughs> Did they now? She <laughs> says, yeah, I tried to argue with them and told them you were a team, but they wouldn't listen to me because Landstar told them that, you know, you needed more time. And it, and it was one of our illustrious Landstar 3PL agents. So by the time I got done, I'd had a piece of about five people at C.H. Robinson and two or three at Landstar. And we went ahead and the girl just, we went ahead and went in there and the girl unloaded us, I think, just to spite him. <laughs> so we got it, we got it straightened out. But my expectations when I'm dealing with a bunch of people that are between me and the customer, my expectations are different because I've got to talk to an agent that's got to talk to a broker and the broker's got to talk to the all these people i can't have the same expectations dealing with third-party freight that i do with direct freight and when i'm dealing with direct freight i have a whole completely different expectation about how i'm going to be communicated with well right. that's that's this breakdown that we're dealing with here now with some of these customers that we should have a much better path of communication and then people are just like nah screw y'all we'll you know, we'll let you know when we let you know. And I'm like, no, no, you won't. I, there, there's only so much I'm going to put up with um, in any market, especially this market. So it's unfortunate, but it kind of is what it is. You know, 
Well, and that shop you're talking about, again, another situation where we built a relationship, but we had to end up terminating it because it, we tried many, many, many times. We tried. And, you know, after a while, you finally go, sure, it hurts hitting my head against that stone wall, you know? Them, them bruises are starting to really, really show, you know? Yeah. And um, so... You know, it, it it's important to build relationships, but if they're not healthy relationships and it's not going to be something that you can, you know, that that that, that moves you along to meet your goals, um, then there's nothing wrong with dissolving that relationship. But my advice is do it professionally. You never, ever, ever know that 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 agent may call you someday and go you know what here's what i got and i know we had a problem but you know in my mind i'm thinking you know you handle it well da, 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 da. i'm going to give you a second chance you know you never know i mean i when i in my younger days i made a lot of emotional decisions i ended up regretting and part of maturing is understanding that emotion is not the way to do things and yeah. um so uh, uncle larry is advice to you is do it, but don't do it emotionally and don't do it. Don't burn bridges and don't act stupid and don't rant and rave and make an ass out of yourself because that's the last damage they're going to have of you is how you ended that relationship. And like I say, a long, uh, forever or never are both really, really long times and a whole lot of stuff happens in between those two words, you know? So, uh, and crow is really, really horribly tasting okay yeah. horribly tasting it's got bones and gristles and it just smells like shit you know so it's just not something that you want to have to eat just my right. body so what it's worth take it or leave it yeah well we have um we need some more drivers you know <laughs> we um as odd as that sounds <laughs> for the longest time, you know, we would have to tell people, um, you know, people would people would listen to the podcast and hear the information and they'd get fired up and they'd send an application and we'd be like, well, you know, in six to nine months, uh, we might have a truck for you. Well, that's changing. Uh, we are in a position to where we are going to be adding a significant amount of trucks to our fleet over the next a uh, few months and we need a few weeks, a uh, few weeks. Well, yeah, a few weeks, uh, but we're going to be adding trucks for a while. Yes. Um, yes. And so we need drivers and, and, um, but remember we do not hire truck drivers. So just keep that in mind. We, we hire people who have, uh, who have passion and have an attitude of service and who desire to learn because what we do here is not easy. Um, you know, we've got, we're hiring two guys next week. We're doing orientation and, um, you know, it, it is our, it's our challenge and our duty to explain, uh, that this is unlike anything you'll ever do or have ever done. Um, but it's worth, you know, it's the, it's worth the journey. Um, so go to the website, click on drive for us, fill out the, uh, fill out the form. Um, you know, 
Well, let me let me let me embellish that a little bit because um, we we sometimes sort of we say that we don't hire truck drivers and we, and we have a reason we say that because if you're looking for a job that pays a quarter more a mile than you're making right now or you're mad at your dispatcher or fill in the blank that's not what we're looking for okay we're, we don't we don't have a trucking job here that you're going to come and you're going to you know we, that's all we want what we're looking for and we've talked about it hours and hours and hours but in case you just joined us and you don't understand and you see this banner we are hiring let me just qualify that okay we are looking for people who want to become problem solvers who want to take control of their life and not be dependent on somebody else to feed you and your family for the rest of your days okay we want to take people that have desire and passion and are not afraid of hard work but just need an opportunity we are looking for people that already know how to drive a truck we don't run a trucking school driving school but their dream is to own their own truck have that freedom that goes with that and um either don't know how to do it or they're afraid to do it because everybody they know that tried it failed you know it's that committee of they they say well, you can't do this they say you can't make any money as an owner operator they say that the way to do this is go out and lease a truck and do a lease purchase they say go out and go into debt up to your asshole you know with a truck payment they 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 well we don't do it the way they do it we do it the way we do it and we don't do it like that you can come here and you can learn how to do what we do driving our trucks and we take all the risk all you have to do is come here and listen and learn apply the things we tell you bring common sense bring a passion bring an attitude and in the course of a few months we will give you the skill sets that you need to be successful in business now it just happens that we're in this trucking business because that's the job that you decided you took you want to take we're going to give you business knowledge and business skills that will work in any business. Trucking is no different than any other business. Okay. It's you, a business sells a product or a service. That's all there is to it. It doesn't matter how you do it. You can sell bubble gum. You can drive a truck. Both of them have to have a certain common business, uh, business skill. And if you don't have that, um, we'll give it to you. We'll teach you the, 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 the importance of making decisions again not on emotion but on numbers on and this is a popular term right now we're going to use the science to uh to uh, make these decisions we're not going to listen to the non-face maskers or the all you know whatever side of that are you want to be on we're going to do things by the numbers and we're going to show you why that matters and then we're going to teach you how to get into this this is a very very low entry barrier business but the way to do it is not to go out and buy yourself a, a, a 80 or 100 or 175 thousand dollar truck as your first truck because nine out of ten people who do that business model fail and a failure in that business model usually is accompanied by a bankruptcy which will haunt you for the next seven years you can get in this business without doing that 
Okay. It, it, it's not hard. It's just not what everybody else does. And so this is a risk-free opportunity for you to gather this knowledge. And oh, by the way, if you stay here for a, a year and a couple of months, it's free. We don't charge you a thing for this knowledge. If you'll stay here long enough that we can get a benefit from you driving for us to compensate us for it. And at the end of the, at the end of that time, we'll help you buy a truck. We might even sell you a truck and we'll help you we'll show you how to do it without going into debt. We'll help we show you how to pick the right truck. So you're not on the side of the road or you're not in a, uh, a dealership's waiting room all the time with DPF problems. Okay. Now I know I've drugged this out, but if you haven't listened to our, our episodes 49 through 55 or 56, that's what we talk about is how we do things differently. And um, for those of you who had and got discouraged because we, we anticipated having trucks this year and then this pandemic hit and things like that, we're a little behind, but by, by the end of the year, we'll be back to where we said we were going to be at the first of the year. We'll have doubled the size of our fleet by the end of the year, and we're going to double it again next year. So the opportunity is here now. There's no reason not to stick your foot in the water. Um, we have we have immediate opportunity, especially for some of you that have already applied and, and you just got discouraged because there's nothing we could do for you. And then we're going to have opportunity in the upcoming months uh, as well. So uh, off my soapbox, end of the uh, end of the pitch. Um, but um, come look and see. Listen to the other podcasts, especially the first five or ten. Yeah. Well, we're going to work on uh, updating some content, um, especially on the YouTube channel. Now that I really like I really like this software. I want to get my microphone better because I feel like I probably don't sound as good as normal. And I'm a, kind of a Nazi when it comes to sound quality. But, uh, you know, we, we got some, we got some ideas for some pretty good content coming out. Um, so go to the website, click on drive for us, fill out the form. Uh, we'll set up a video interview with you. Uh, we can kind of talk about your experience and, and, and see if you fit here. Uh, you can send me an email, Chris at blueribbonlogistics.com, Larry at blueribbonlogistics.com. Uh, just, you know, find us there through the website. Um, but I guess that's about all we have for this episode. Are you good? You got anything else you want to add? I'm good. You know, we're going to try to reload some of those early episodes and update them and add some more I think graphic and stuff to them, make them a little more um, explain things a little bit better, but yeah, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good. We came through the pandemic, you know, it, it we're fine. We didn't, we added people in trucks during the pandemic. I bought a truck in June. We added people where, um, you know, our business model, the, the proof of concept happened in April, May and June of this year when a lot of other people had to go home because they couldn't haul freight, we couldn't get enough of it, you know? So, um, you know, it works and it works in any environment and under any situation. And, uh, so now the, the, the proof is in the pudding. So anyway, we're looking forward to doing some more of this and, um, thanks for listening tonight, watching and uh, be safe out there. All right. We'll see you next time.